Adolescence After Alderaan. I'm Caroline Guthrie. I'm Meg Fariello. We are a podcast dedicated to retracing our youthful journey through the Star Wars Expanded Universe. And today we are journeying through the showdown at Center Point by yeah, Roger McBride Allen. Book three of the Corellian trilogy. Closing down the Corellian trilogy. We're seeing where this crazy ride took us. And, and I... To be honest, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I, I do not know. Like, I know, I understand that there's sort of a base level plot, and then there's this sort of larger puppet master pulling the strings mm-hmm, plot, mm-hmm. and like, I don't know what the puppet master situation no, is. And like, to be fair, I wasn't like doing a close reading of this book. Yeah. But... I had to Google who the puppet master was because I did, wasn't sure. Did you find out? Because I still have no idea. triad? What? Which They're I the puppet masters? mentioned in the first two books. Oh, okay. I, all right. We're going to have to go. We're going to have to just go okay, through this in, in order. Thing, so I know at the very beginning of this podcast, we said we weren't going to look at Wikipedia, but sometimes I don't know what. I'm doing. Yeah, no, I I sometimes look at Wikipedia to figure out like connections between characters or yeah. to figure out what things look like because yes. I am really bad without assistance at figuring out what things look like. Yeah, and and into my deep dive, which I don't feel like I learned much, but into my deep dive on the Sarconian Triad, I learned that apparently this plot comes back in New Jedi Order in what appears to be a pretty significant way that is fascinating because my impression from reading this and then thinking of what else we've read seems to be that they just like drop this like a hot potato and never look <laughs> like, back <just> move on <laughs> we just have nothing more to say but apparently not apparently there's actually i'm gonna be really that's a, something I've been wondering about reading this, because reading this, and we've done most of the stuff we've been looking at, maybe not so much Young Jedi Knights, but I feel like most of the stuff we've been looking at since then has been books that were written very early on in the writing. Yeah, we've kind of stuck to like... Of the Star Wars Expanded like Universe. 91 to 97-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at that point... They had sort of a continuity in mind, but they were also just like flinging a bunch of stuff out there. Like there were a lot of guys writing at the same time and yeah. every so often a lady and things kind of stepped on each other's toes and kind of tripped up. But it was like they were trying to build a building, but it, it's kind of like the Winchester mystery house of continuity. And I'm going to be interested to see what happens when they <laughs> try to funnel all it, all of it into one story. Right, which is basically, I think, with the new jet, which I think sooner rather than later we're going to have to start to tackle. But, like, I think you're right. And the thing about this, this Star Wars Winchester Mystery House is that there are, like, eight kitchens. And, yeah. like, you know, way too many bathrooms that are necessary. Like, it just seems like people reused the same sort of like plot structure over and over again and I don't think that's on purpose like I don't think they were saying like we all need to do this one thing I think it's just like it seems to be a very like go-to kind of Star Wars story that you have this like giant weapon right and like we gotta we didn't know it was a weapon and it is a weapon and like yeah and there's like no closets in the house no yeah there's definitely no closets you're going around with like towels and there's nowhere to put them there's yeah. eight kitchens and no dining rooms. Yeah. Like, you just Someone have to find a breakfast silverware, so we can't actually eat in the kitchens. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it seems to be, like, there's too much of some things and not enough of other things. And Yeah, like, you walk in and it looks like a house, but then you start to move around and you can't actually, like, it's not really a house. Yeah, or it's, like, when, in The Sims when you, like, build a house, but you don't have enough paintings on the walls and your Sims just, like, fall to pieces because they don't have anything to look at. Like, Or, like, like, you build a house and you think it looks good, but then you activate it and it turns out that you forgot how big a Sim is in comparison to a house. house and right. so everything is just way too huge because you were using rosebud, right. exclamation points <laughs> to be money. 
Yeah, and your sim just like emotionally can't deal with too much space and so yeah. it's all apart. Yeah, it feels like, yeah, that's basically this. It's like that. It's, it's like, like all, I feel like it's all plot and no character development. Yeah, and I'm going to be interested if when they sort of discipline it down into a, a single sort of storyline, because I do think that's what's going to happen when yeah. they get to New Jedi Order, is they're going to take all of these different threads and force one continuity out of it and say, now it has to work. Like, I'm going to be really interested to see if then it becomes more about character. Right. Or if it's because this seems to be authors who are being told, okay, here's our characters. Like you can take them out and play with them, but we want them to be the same when we get them back. Yeah, it's like a Barbie, right? Like, right? That it's like yeah. Barbie. You can dress Barbie up however you want, but she's still just like a very. But she basic, still needs to be Barbie at the end. Like right, this is Barbie, yeah. these are your cousins' Barbies. You can't cut their hair. <laughs> you can't. Like, oh God. You no. can't you can't paint their nails yeah. like you have to you have to take care of these barbies because someone right. else is going to want to play with them later right. they're like, not these your are the, barbies they're someone else's no barbies. these are like the library barbies at like library yeah. toy day or whatever right. yeah so yeah so it just seemed like and i don't think that's necessary not that all of these authors i think are are doing a great job at the writing but i don't think it's necessarily all their fault like i think they're just sort of being very there's a lot of, it sounds to me, or sounds, it reads to me like there are a lot of limitations, and yet these authors really want to, like, create this right. world, and they can't do that in the, like, Yeah, it does feel very, it does feel very hemmed in, and I wonder if Roger McBride Allen is more hemmed in than, like, a Kevin J. Anderson, because yeah. he's using Corellia. Yes. Right? Like, Kevin J. Anderson... And that was something that we always said was a real strength of his, would just make up new worlds and new species constantly, right? Just And so presumably he could do whatever the heck he wanted to with them. But it could be that with Corellia, that they told him, you know, here's some stuff you have to work with because we already made the action figures or whatever. Right. Or like we've already talked about Corellia in these ways before. And so like this is how. Yeah, we're going to do Corellia this way next. So, but yeah, so. I mean, I guess that's a pretty long prologue yeah, for sorry. this. <laughs> I just feel like I needed to. No, like I definitely needed to vent. And also, I'm not that eager to jump into this book because it's going to be hard to talk about. Yeah, I don't I've really know. I've already kind of forgotten what happened in the beginning, yeah, middle, and end of I read it. it today. <laughs> and I don't really know what happened in the I book. Read, I read most of it yesterday. I read the first 100 pages day before yesterday. And that is just like <laughs> gone. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's gone. So very basically, we regroup with all of our main characters, our mains. Um, yeah, so Han, Leia, Marjade, and the Salonians yeah. end up land on Salonia and are kind of captured kind of just hanging out being sort of hamstrung by the Salonians deciding what to do yeah it has next. a very like they have a very certain specific way of of making decisions and like there are cultural differences that seem to be hindering the Salonians actually like doing anything productive and Han and Leia are sort of like and Mara are sort of stuck like yeah just sitting around yeah sitting around um so yeah <laughs> And then Luke, Luke, Lando, Gariel, Belindy Kalinda. Yeah. All go to center point. Right, which is this big like space. I mean, it's basically a Death Star, right? It's like a big space yeah, it's station. Yeah, it's a Death Star. It's a big space station the size of a moon. Yeah. Nobody's that weirded out by it. They're like, yep, that's a big space. Okay, I'm okay. So Hold center point. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna table all of my many questions about center point. Okay, but yeah, basically, center point is like this: it's giant space station. People live on it, right? And it is the middle of the Corellian system. It's the center. Yeah, it has in it, but it's not the star Corell. No, it does have a star-ish thing inside of it. Everything in Corellia is an ish. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's a planet-ish. <laughs> it's a star-ish. Nothing's real. Everything's real. I don't really understand it. If someone can succinctly explain it to this, uh, yeah, feel free here. 
It needs to be like a one paragraph summary. Yeah, because Corellia. I tried to Google it and my mind exploded. But yeah, Big yeah. Center Point is this, it's the space station. People live there. And in the space station is like a mini sun. Yes. Okay. It's the glow point. <laughs> the glow point. There's a lot of words too in this book. <laughs> it's a book full of words. <laughs> and I mean that <laughs> in, the, in the sense that like, of course, a book has words. But there are yeah. a lot of like... So on, on Center Point, they meet this, like, officer, this sort of, like, assistant and chief, of, chief officer. Her name is Jenica, right? And she's, like, the only person left on Center Point. Yeah, and she's, like, super sassy, and, like, she and Lando are... Sparks flying. Right. And, and she, you're like, wait um, a minute, what about Tendra? But hang on, <laughs> we'll get to it. And she doesn't know anything about anything and our main characters don't know anything about anything so we have a couple of chapters of them all just marveling at how little each other know about what's happening around them right but apparently they have so inside center point they have glow point and the light from glow point was powering their yeah, no, you city got it. You got it. <laughs> that they had, or I guess they're like agrarian town yeah, they that like they had, farm, like beautiful. It farmland. was functioning as their like agrarian town, yeah, it was which the, was called Hollow Town. It was in the middle, in like the hollow middle. It was in the hollow of, space. Of, if this is like a big Earth globe center point. Then like this is like and the the core. world's on the inside with yeah. like. It's like a and it's like an Easter bunny, like a snow globe, chocolate Easter bunny, where it's just like hollow in the middle, <laughs> and that's where. But then suddenly, without warning, there was a massive glow point flare that the heat just incinerated Hollow Town and everyone right. who it was, was just inside like of it, decimated, gone. And after everyone was dead, it happened like a couple of more times. Yeah, and then. 3PO points out, like, hey, the glow is getting brighter. It's <laughs> happening again. Yeah. And so they have this whole adventure of sort of narrowly escaping. Yeah, and they, the, they get away. Yeah. Okay, I'm starting to I'm starting to lose it now. Um so they Lando realizes that center point is somehow being remotely activated or used to power the Starbuster attacks mm-hmm. that are blowing up stars. And powering the interdiction field that is preventing all communication and hyperspace jumps. And they realize this and they say, can we do anything about it? No. Let's leave. And so (laughs) those are our heroes. (laughs) And (laughs) then meanwhile, the kids and Chewie and the two draws are... They're on on the draw planet. Draw? Is it called Drawl? Okay. I feel like it might be called Drawl, but... You know what? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's not make it more complicated than it already is. The Drawls of Drawl. Like, the Drawls of Drawl are on Drawl. And yeah. <laughs> they're... So Anakin is... I mean, I have a lot to say, but... Yeah, we need to table Anakin, because I have... I was just, like, exploding. Um, but they have discovered that... And we talked about this before... That all of the planets in the Corellian system were artificially created in ancient times for reasons unknown, and that in the core of each is somehow something that you can activate to either uh, intensify the destructive power of the Starburst, yeah. Starbuster. It needs to be called a Starburst, but anyway, yeah. the Starbuster the <laughs> laser Starburst. from center point. <laughs> or you can, you could either strengthen it or, uh, you know, disrupt it, right. put an end to it with them. And so the Corellian humans are looking for theirs. The Salonians have already found theirs because they're a tunneling species. Right. And the, this group has just found the draw one. Right. And Anakin is just like, I gotta turn it on. Yeah. And everyone says, He's got like a no. gut feeling like, turning it on. <laughs> you ought not to turn it on. Right. And <laughs> Anakin's like, ah, I definitely need to turn it on. And does because he's very poorly supervised he just gets up in his underwear which like why can't anakin have jammies (laughs) (laughs) the anakin of this series is i have a lot of concerns (laughs) he's wearing he wears nothing but his socks and undies and he goes and he turns on the machine and 
activating the core of a planet weapon is very disruptive to the planet and everything. There's a huge earthquake. Everyone in their group almost dies. They mm-hmm. manage to get to the Falcon in time. la di da da Everyone's like, oh, Anakin, we understand you, sweet baby. It's not your fault. And in their hearts, they're like, this is totally your fault. We hate yeah. and blame yeah. you. <laughs> but, but he's like, but they really won't. bad. And everyone's like, oh, don't worry about it. But like, really, you should worry about it. This is very You should insane. worry about it. This is your fault. <laughs> and because of that, the kids get captured by Thraken. Yeah, they're, like, on the Falcon, and they get, like, is that right? No, they escape on the Falcon. Eventually. Yeah, right. Yeah. The kids get kidnapped by Thraken. Thraken's like, ha, 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 got your kids. And he sends Yeah, he sends out, like, a video. Just a <laughs> general like a video, video to the world. Video message. And it's basically, like, a, a really, like, haughty kind of, like, guess what? <laughs> Here's your kids. You gotta come talk to right, me. Right, you have to do everything I say because I got your kids. And he's really, like really cocky about it basically. yeah and so the drawl gets his droid who is having some sort of major mental breakdown um yeah because to, of to go, and the earthquake yeah to, to go with the kids <laughs> on the falcon to try to escape and they're basically just everyone's thinking to themselves there's a really good chance these kids are gonna die but like better they die on the falcon out in space than be used as hostages in this way yeah. like right just send them out maybe they'll live and right. if not at least it'll be a quick death right you know, yeah. it'll be <laughs> that's better this moment of thinking maybe they'll live <laughs> like, <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. basically what he thinks in his head <laughs> <laughs> and so but the kids do escape thraken gets captured yeah they get reunited with their parents um Tendra exists. I'm not going to be able to loop her in in a useful no, way. She like, and then eventually, like, Lando finds her. And she yeah. and Lando, like, immediately leave because they somehow, like, turn the fence thing off. Yeah, so. They're not, like, there for the end. Like, they see everything happening from, like, afar. Yeah, they're like, we're fine. Yeah, <laughs> and seems fine. <laughs> And there's kind of a space battle at the there's end. There's like a lot of kind of space battles that I cannot tell you what they're about or what happens, except that Gariel dies. Gariel dies. And, and everyone's like, well, <laughs> we told her not to come and she was never any help. So yeah, what do you expect? She was useless. <laughs> and yeah, Gariel dies. Thraken is in prison. Um, the Salonian, the good Salonians are in charge of Salonia now. Yeah, everything is fine. Yeah, that's that's that story, I guess. I, I guess. Feel like- I, I know we're doing it. Like, again, if there's someone out there who has like a very like maximum four sentence explanation of like the overarching big bad plot of this book. Yeah, if you can, if you can tweet this to us, if you can, in two tweets or less, explain this to us. Yeah, I would love that because I do that. That would be a service. You would be doing the Lord's work. We will read it on the podcast. Yes, we'll give you a shout out. That's the most we can do. Yeah, that's literally all we've got, but we'll give it to you. But and but like I really, I have no idea what the the so big game was what, here. For whoever was working for Thraken. Thraken was working for, excuse me. Thraken seemed... I don't know that I have this right. So the Zirconian Triad was like a a triad, a sort of like grouping of Salonians, Dralians, and humans that like got together years before this and sort of was like, we need to kind of separate ourselves. Like, we don't want to be involved in anything. It's sort of like they want to... They're running the planet that Tendra is from. Yes, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure, like, what their thing is, but they they seem to be sort of like a, if there were misanthropes in the Star Wars universe. And so, and so like, the one, the one of them that is a Salonian is, like, a Salonian outcast. Yeah, they're all like, sort of outcasts of their own groups, and they sort of, like, have created this group. I think as a sort of like separatist between like separate from Corellia, separate from the Dralians, separate from the Salonians. And so then they're trying to trying to 
I think it's been set in for some, and I don't know what I'm talking about, but my impression on what I read, it seems like <laughs> they had this planned for a really long time because there's like, they have trouble stopping the star, the strawberry starburst because like they've lined up a bunch of stars for it to burst, right? That like it's planned out so that like once one star goes, another one's going to go and then another one. It's not like they're choosing what they're doing. It's like already kind of like planned, I think is what it was. Because at one point they're, they're like, what about the next star? And they're like, well, we'll like disable it. Yeah, like they've it. already programmed like when it's going to Yeah, happen. I'm not sure why. And I'm not really sure what their beef was with like everybody. I think else. they don't want to be part of the New Republic. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, I don't think they want to be part of any. Like they think they want their. And I think that goes to that like initial thing which we sort of read about in the first book which doesn't really come back that Corellians are very um like secretive and kind of keep to themselves and I think that sort of plays into it I could be like literally making all this up and just warping <laughs> sentences I read no this all feels reasonable feel right. like I feel like this is as good a hypothesis as any I so, so then I because if you if you okay and I'm also confused now about how membership in the New Republic works, because it seems like in most of the books, Leia is just like clawing and begging and pleading planets to join the New Republic. And her whole job is just trying to entice planets into the New Republic. And there's always a concern that planets might leave the New Republic. And here, the Corellians are starting a civil, a civil war and like killing millions in an attempt to break off from the New Republic. And Leia's like, no, I can't say that you're not part of the New Republic. You can't break away from the New Republic. Yeah, You know, we're going to have... They also make a really big deal about Admiral Ackbar showing up. And I do not know when we as a society decided that we all care about Admiral Ackbar, but I am, like, not on board. I think in 1991, whenever Thrawn was published, everyone was like, They just, like, Akbar. made a huge thing about Ackbar. I mean, this is before he was a meme. Like, yeah, I can't I I, people Why love am I supposed to care this much about Admiral Ackbar? Ackbar? Why can't I care about the guy who flew the Falcon with Lando in Return of the Jedi? Why isn't he a big deal? Yeah, what is his name? Niam Num? Is that? Oh, I can't believe I know that. I think that's his name. <laughs> um, or like just Why the Wedge and Achilles. Like, isn't he enough? Yeah, can't we have Wedge? Why not bring in, you know, someone? I just, I mean, Akbar is fine, but I just don't know why I'm supposed to be so excited yeah, whenever Akbar, Akbar shows up. I just, yeah, it does seem that he, he is no, often No, but Akbar like, showing up in this book was supposed to feel like Gandalf the White showing up in the Two Towers. Yeah, <laughs> like, I earned that. <laughs> just like, he's not that, bringing in the sun and the cavalry and all the yeah, He didn't defeat the magic. Balrog. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Take it down a notch. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down with that. Yeah, he does seem to be treated in these books as, like, on the same level as, you know, like, Lando in a way. Like, you know, that, like, yeah. he's a side character that was, like, just as important as, you know. And and he's not. Like, I wouldn't even put Akbar with a Mon Mothma. Like. I wouldn't put, yeah. And I think it's different. I mean, I get why people do. I get why you could make an argument for them being on equal footing. They have yeah, about approximately the had same a very screen time. Important role in the the Battle of Endor, but yeah. I think it would make more sense if he was a more important character in the books now, because in like Rogue One, we get right. some act like he he's sort of been taken up visually and like with the meme and stuff, like it makes sense. But like in the early '90s, like I don't know who was. Maybe he no, was like a and, real big fan favorite. Well, and if you want to make him a thing, I'm not opposed to it. I just want you to earn it. And maybe that's my complaint with, like, everything in this book is, like, I don't necessarily have an objection in theory to any of the sort of attempted emotional moments that they have. But mm -hmm. you could earn it a little. Yeah. And I just don't feel like it's earned here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I didn't feel any emotion. <laughs> any emotion. <laughs> The only emotion I felt was irritation. Yeah, it was frustrated, but I didn't feel any like swelling. <laughs> this book was a real. This book was a rock in my shoe, which is a shame. I feel like it's been a steady decline from the first yeah, book of this I, trilogy. I had some really positive things to say about the first book, and it has not delivered. <laughs> no, I feel like I feel like the first book is represents sort of an unfulfilled promissory note for this yeah. uh, this trilogy. Well, there's like zero character development. 
Yeah. And all of the, like, minuscule character development that happened in the beginning is just, like, thrown out the window. (laughs) And I think the characters are all just really unlikable. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's true. Like, we're, you built up in the second book, what was that called? Ambush. No. Verb at location. Verb at location. Ambush at Corelli was the first one. Assault at Salonia? Assault at Salonia, yeah. Um, and that one, the sort of like building up of, and like maybe we need to read True Sad Barcourt, which we will, but like you can't rely on another book for yeah. your entire emotional storyline. Like we have this whole thing with Gariel and like she's leaving your daughter and Luke's got like a whole bunch of squishy feelings about her and whatever. And then like she dies and nothing. Yeah. Silent. I'm really <laughs> angry about Gariel's whole story arc okay here's the thing and this ties into my frustration with the character of jenica too (laughs) is that like i feel like we're throwing all these like potential love interests at our like main single male character yes and not doing a thing with them except to sort of like point out that they are like available (laughs) dudes right and the women are all sort of like quote unquote strong in that early 90s way and they're like sassy and they're like you're not gonna tell me not to be on the bridge when i want to be on the bridge i've got right like that's also their downfall (laughs) yeah but they contribute nothing Nothing. yeah gariel is just like she is useless (laughs) gariel is start to finish useless like they asked her for help so they asked her for help because they needed the fleet, right? They needed that right. Ad- Admiral Ozilege guy. And right. I have questions about what his situation yeah, is, too. Yeah, I thought he was going to turn out to be bad, but I don't think he did. I think he just died. But he was a great, he seems like he was a great guy and yeah. just didn't want to be everyone's best friend. Yeah, he was just, um, like, really, like, determined to do the right thing and follow protocol. <laughs> yeah, but, um, so they went and they're like, Gariel, could you use your political influence to get the Bakor right. and so let us use their fleet? And she's like, absolutely. Also, I'll come with you. And they said you know you really don't need to come with us right, you're you don't a have any you have military a training you're a politician yeah. you're not in office anymore you have a young child you're a single mother this can be really dangerous like you should just stay back and she said okay. no like, i'm gonna come my kid is gonna be fine and it's important for me to take these risks too but then she does nothing. literally nothing yeah literally nothing at one point she catches on fire and doesn't notice that is how useless she is she catches on fire i mean not her personally but her dress and luke puts it out and then later she's like oh my gosh i can't believe i was on fire like that's really embarrassing for me (laughs) it's really embarrassing yeah there was a certain point that That literally happens i had to like go back a few pages and find her name because i was like is she still here but then we're supposed to have this big dramatic sacrifice where she gets this horrible like spinal damage when there's a spaceship crash (laughs) and i mean her death is harrowing she she does not die quickly she gets like hurt on her leg she like gets paralyzed from the waist down basically yeah she's like in a she's like in a seat and one ship rams into their ship and Admiral Ozilege has, like, a gut wound, and yeah. she, like, looks at her legs, and she's like, my legs are bleeding, but I can't feel them. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, she feels, like, horrific pain in, like, every other part of, part of her body. And yeah, except her legs, which she can't feel. And she's thinking about her daughter, and she's like, wow, like, my daughter is not even five years old yet. She's already lost her father. Now she's going to lose her yeah. mother. Like, I really hope that, like, she has things better happen to her from here on out. And Admiral Ozilage is trying to set the ship to self-destruct so that it can, you know, at least take out some enemies at the end. And they sort of share a moment and he says, like, I can't move my arm anymore to hit the button. And she's like, I'll do it. And he says, like, it's been a pleasure to serve under you. It's harrowing. It is so sad. And, you know, if she had done anything Anything. that mattered the whole series if you developed the connection between her and luke into any sort of meaningful part they had like no moments it didn't mean anything in this book like she literally was only included so that i could be sad when she died yeah like also again i knew from the moment she was saying goodbye to her daughter in the second book that this is what was gonna happen (laughs) like right i mean we can't kill 
Lando, Han, Leia, Luke, or Chewie, at least for a while. Um, right. At this point, we can't kill point. any of them. But we want there to be some sort of stakes to the battle. So someone's going to have to get killed. Right. So we introduce a new character just to kill them. Right. Which and it is, is just fine. Like, you know, the author must have gone flipping through the list of like Luke's old love interests, <laughs> of which there are like not that many. And like yeah. just pulled a character from another book to plop into this book to create some sort of emotional. But it, for me, I would actually, and I would even be fine with it. You know, like it that's how stories work. Worked. Sure, do it. But like, let her sacrifice mean anything. Right. She contributed nothing. nothing she yeah. could have stayed home and it all would have been exactly the same, except there would have been no dummies who got set on fire. Like that would have been the only right. difference. Yeah. And her daughter would still have a mother. And right. Instead, and you would still have that emotional, like, that whole thing in the second book with Luke being like, I don't know, high school love crush. Like Possibilities. We could have been in love at some point. Right. Well, that's what, how love works in the Star Wars universe. Is maybe you <laughs> could have been in love with somebody. Which yeah. is leading into Or maybe my, you will be in love someday. Right. Leading into my problem with Jenica, which is that, like, to me, the only reason she is included in this book is so Lando, she can, like, Flirt with Lando and Lando go, you know what? I have someone else waiting for me. That I might be in love with someday. Miss Lady, I cannot accept your flirtation. Oh, I have that page marked because I was like, this is, I don't know. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I don't know We can watch Lando refuse a lady. And that proves to us that he loves Kendra so much. So she basically says, as they're leaving, Aren't you going to ask for my phone number? Yeah. Um, like just to say it in those words, but in a kind of flirty way, like, I know we've been flirting. I see what kind of a slick player you are. Like, let's hear it. Let's hear your line. Like, you know, ask me out. Yeah. And he, uh, he says, uh, there was a time not very long ago when I would have, when I would have said those words and meant every one of them, at least while I was saying them, even if I sort of forgot them later. The problem is, I did say something very like them to another lady very recently, and I did mean it at the time. The funny thing is, for the first time in my life, I'm catching myself still meaning it. I might even mean it for a long, long time. So I'm afraid I'm going to have to back off. Jenica looks surprised, though not half as surprised as Lando felt. You know, she said, that might be the classiest speech of its kind on the record. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. I <laughs> like, don't know. Because love... That sounds like it was translated from another language. Yeah. And a language that does not share, like, a root, a common language. It's not like a French to Spanish situation. It's like a Japanese to German yeah. kind of translation. <laughs> yeah. I hope we same place again very yeah, right now. now. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Bananas. Bananas. And, like, that is supposed to be significant? It's supposed to be significant. Lando- also, it makes no sense. Like, that's the thing, is that, like, I might possibly have a chance with this lady who may or may not be dead, who I may or may not like. Like, that's <laughs> what he's saying, is that, like... You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, he, I recently he said some flirtatious all- things to someone. All he had to say was, like, you know what? Like, no thanks. Or, you know... I- I don't know, but that that scene is literally the only reason that character is included in this book. Well, yeah, because she is, once again, someone who contributes nothing. nothing. Yeah. And I was getting real frustrated about these female characters who drop it in who do nothing. Nothing. This shows up just, I mean, she shows up to know nothing, to be sarcastic to Lando so that he can shoot her down. Because they could have gotten to center point and had it been empty and just been like, oh, I see here from the computer, you know, C-3PO right. could have been like, oh, R2 says the computer shows that there have been some solar flares from this glow point situation. Same thing. Also, it would have saved me like 20 pages of yeah. nonsense of them of- just going around round and around not knowing how anything works one point talk through the middle of this book that was very funny. yeah and then at the end lando and tender are all like you know they just go off together off to the we start. end have we ever heard of her mentioned in any other book you know what we haven't and they're married no <laughs> yes <laughs> yes wow <laughs> <laughs> So all through Young Jedi Knights, all through Jim Diver Station, Lando and Tendra's lady are married. Does she show up again? Eventually, yeah, she shows up in something. 
Where is she? <laughs> I have no idea. But, like, they do stay together after this. <laughs> so do you think like, one of, what's his name? Roger McBride, Roger McBride Allen's Allen. tasks was to, like, find Lando a lady. <laughs> yeah, like, you need to introduce Lando and Tindra's romance into this. Although, and then we maybe won't not. talk about it for, like, another <laughs> a long 30 time. Books. <laughs> I wonder, I mean, it's probably not. This is probably just me being ridiculous. But I wonder if Roger McBride Allen and Kevin J. Anderson, like, have beef. Because they seem to really pointedly not pick up on things from each other's continuity. Yeah. Because this takes place after the Jedi Academy trilogy. And it is also about stars getting blown up, but like, there's no mention of Kip Duran. There's no yeah. mention of like any of the kind of stuff that happened there. There's no mention of any of the ways that Mar Jade was involved in the Jedi yeah. Academy trilogy. And then when he does young, when they do young Jedi Knights later, there's no mention of any of the kind of like romantic developments that took place in this novel. There's no use of yeah. the twins character development. I mean, Here. this is 95, which is the same year as... It seems like a mistake to have these books well, coming out that also, simultaneously. We have the same thing with Luke and Mara Jade, right? That they're, like, right. secretly married and nobody talks about it for books and books and books and books, too. Yeah. I wonder who writes the book of Mara Jade and Luke getting together. I feel like together. that might be a comic. Because I feel like I have an image of them getting married and it's like a very comic style graphic. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I know like by Young Jedi Order, they're married and like it's fine. Everyone knows. Like t Yeah, like timeline wise, they have to be. But uh, yeah. Also, Lando and Tindra have a kid. They do? Why? I don't know any of this. <laughs> <laughs> How do I not know any of this? They have a kid named Lando Calrissian Jr. Aww. And his nickname is Chance, and he's just the apple of Lando's eye. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he's a boy. But, like, I guess I feel like this was a book where I, I did not feel the characters' voices coming through. Like, no. that Lando monologue did not sound like Lando to me. Han didn't sound like Han to me. Leia never sounds like Leia to me in the Star Wars Expanded Universe, yeah. but, you know, continues. Doesn't work out Except, really I guess, well. in... um. Courtship of Princess Leia, Princess distressingly. Leia. She did kind of sound like herself there. But, um, yeah, it was... Yeah. Weirdly, this never happens, but weirdly, I felt like the kids had the best uh, plot line. Yeah, I actually. did too. And nobody else seemed concerned about these children whatsoever. Oh, not at all. <laughs> I mean, Leia was kind of distressed at them being kidnapped by Thraken, but Han seemed mostly, like, annoyed that Thraken had the gall to do yeah, something. Yeah, he was just like, how dare this person take my kids? But, like, not that worried about the fact that the like, kids This is very rude. No. No. And I mean, maybe this is the time to talk about Anakin. Oh, because I am just... <laughs> so, I am just not sure about this Anakin. Because he's... They say in this book that he's seven, which in the first book he was six. And if he had a birthday in this period, I am <laughs> very sorry. Like but anyway, a really big deal about it and like, celebrated that birthday to the nine. <laughs> like, yeah, like, okay, whatever. He's six or seven. And, but his level of, like, reasoning, his level of, like, cognitive reasoning and impulse control is that of, I mean, maybe yeah, I a four-year-old. Four. Like, I feel like I could convince my four-year-old, almost four-year-old, to not touch something even if she really wanted yeah. to mess with it. But if she did did then go and sneak off and mess with it, I'd be like, well, I understand. Like, that's on me. Like, you are four. I needed to make this impossible, right? Like, I needed to make it so you weren't tempted. And I feel like that's sort of where Anakin is, but he's supposed to be he's older, than, older that. than that. Like, he's also, like, like, seven. Seven, you could be in the second grade. Like, I feel like you could explain to a second grader that something is dangerous and yeah. is not to be touched. And he's touched. not that much younger than his siblings. Like, he's two years younger. Yeah, not, not even, even a full two years. years. Because when they were two, he was he was not quite yeah. one. So he's, like, maybe a year and a half younger. A year younger. and a half younger. So they should really be very close. And they spend, like, every waking minute with each other. Like, they should all kind of be on the same level, I would think. Yeah, because, I mean, even siblings with a larger age gap than that, if you're spending all of your time socializing with each other, the younger one tends to kind of 
you know, rise to the level uh, that the older ones yeah. are at socially, you know, I mean, by that point, but I would think. Just it to be also part of the group. seems to be like a, like a weird, he's like too in tune with the force. Like, oh, and like, uh, for a Star Wars book, the force exists very little in this series. Yeah, there's very little force, and Luke he really does never uses There's like it. one scene in this book that I remember him actually like using the force. But it does seem that like Luke mostly uses the force as right. like a beeper. A pager. Like, oh, th- this guy's over there. Yeah. Leia's over there. So just like make it like, like a GPS. Just like ding him. System thing. Yeah, he just dings people on the force on the force right. beeper. But, but other like, than it does, that, it does. The way that Anakin has written is that like he's almost like just guided by this gut force instinct that is impossible for him to control is the how i was kind of reading it right he has no control over it no he is again to, he's like again a really creepy kid he's basically like possessed, by, possessed ghosts, by ghosts right like the force is he's also crying him. in his sleep at night do you remember <laughs> yeah i was horrified it's either jason or Jana, and they're interchangeable so it doesn't matter um who's thinking about how like in the middle of the night like anakin is just like crying and but nobody does yeah. anything nobody's like <laughs> oh like, right because he's so traumatized yeah, he just like can't sleep it's, he's been through so much he cannot cope and he's just like weeping alone, alone in his dreams the like night. He, it's really sad and nobody cares <laughs> and nobody's worried so he's like sad and frightened and I mean, all the stuff with Anakin and, like, the machine stuff. And it also, I will I will give it to Kevin J. Anderson. When they developed it later as Anakin being in sort of, like, puzzles yeah. and systems and patterns, like, that makes a little more sense than this whole idea of, like, they talk to me. They tell me how yeah. they work. I can it's make so them do creepy. things. He's like, Voldemort with snakes. Yeah. <laughs> He's so, so yeah, creepy. Like, I really was imagining. Jaina has that, like... Yeah, I really wasn't imagining Anakin as like the the Lord Voldemort kid from um yeah. Yeah, Blood Prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah. he's like I can talk to snakes too, but for Anakin's like I can yeah, talk I can to talk lasers to too. I can talk to the starbursts. <laughs> they whisper to yeah, me at I, night. They and tell then I cry me secrets. In my sleep and my siblings just listen <laughs> and don't do anything. Everyone just listens passively yeah, to my weeping. Like, yeah, but I will. But I do think that the um, the sequence of the kids uh, of steal the kids stealing the Falcon, of Jaina shooting at the yeah. other ship, of Jason flying the Falcon, all that I felt like that all really yeah, like it was much worked. more adventure. I think their relationship um, with the two draws was also you know in, that yeah, also really kind of worked. Sweet and um, um, the draws seem to be the only. I'm not really on board for these children so yeah i'm not really on board with the whole droid mood disorder code yeah, that, was that they had disturbing. going around where they like yeah jason literally referred to the droid as um yeah. manic depressive um and the droid like and the q9 i think is the droid was having like paranoid delusions and thinking they were allowed to yeah, get it him was, it was a lot. uh as and i mean i know it was supposed to be hilarious but i just found that all quite yeah. distressing yeah, um, it seems like, and it was also in a, they're throwing in yeah. a lot in this third book. Like, just there's just a lot of things. Well, it's also just like some weird like pops of things that I don't think of as existing in Star Wars, like the term manic depressive. I'm not saying that mental illness shouldn't exist in Star Wars, but it seems like they our conceptions of what mental illness is and right. how it works are so incredibly culturally specific. That the idea that you would have the same kind of terminology batted around, you know, like if you're actually going to touch that, like maybe give it some meaningful thought, you know, like we're not even supposed to apply contemporary frameworks of mental illness to people who lived in different historical periods because they don't translate across time. So they definitely shouldn't translate across time. Well, the use of language. Also, it just seems kind of insensitive. Wildly inconsistent. Um, well, like they they talk about Glowpoint being a pilot light yeah, for the, pilot. the 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 so it's like you have a pilot <laughs> you have pilot lights in but Star then, Wars. We barely even have pilot lights in Earth. But anymore. then uh, Luke looks at his chronometer. So yeah, like that kind of stuff gets real strange. Like it's either all here or none of it's here. It's really strange. 
It also raises the question for me talking about um, uh, center point. Like, how many people do you think died in this trilogy? <laughs> like, like ten thousand. Like conservatively, how many people have died? Like, I mean, I feel like maybe ten thousand people died on center yeah. point alone. Like, there was also a star that exploded. I, I mean, there's he, no. It is staggering loss in this book. No, it is staggering how unaffected everyone is by just the horrors that have been inflicted yeah. around them. Yeah, nobody seems all that concerned. Just like, yeah. just like, get that, like, you know, space fence down so I can go home. <laughs> that is mostly what I'm getting from our main characters. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I just feel like there were so everyone was so just like angry and bristly and unlikable especially the guys who i think of as being the most likable like lando was so aggressively just like nasty and enraged toward yeah. 3po through the whole book series it's just like what is yeah. your problem i don't think lando and 3po ever had any no. like crosswords in the movies like why are we assuming that lando would just like spit on and hate 3PO yeah. so much. Lando's pretty chill yeah. with droids. Yeah, he, yeah. Lando our history, or Lando tells us that he actually really appreciates droids. Yeah, and then Han is just I mean, Han is so like prickly and paranoid and hostile yeah. towards everyone. Like really early on there's a, he's thinking about he's like, he's like, are we on Salonia, are we guests or are we prisoners? Like, what's going on? And he's thinking about Drachmas, and he says like she had either kidnapped Han or rescued him or both. Han still was not sure. It's like she has done yeah, nothing she's but saved help her life you over and this over again whole time. I understand that may uh, you are apparently very frustrated with her. I don't know why because again, Han is usually really chill at understanding and adapting to right. other like species and cultures, and here he's not like that at all. But, yeah, he was, like, super paranoid against her. And then later, at the end, he gets really aggressive with this other Salonian being like, you know, you're you're turning Dr- making Drachmas work against us, but, you know, you're supposed to honor family, and Drachmas is my family. Like, we've, we've risked our lives for each other, and we've been through so much, and all this stuff that would kind of be meaningful if he hadn't spent right. the whole series, yeah. like, thinking in his head that he didn't trust her and he was she was plotting against him like no one made you leave right. jail with her you know you Stay. could have just stayed in prison instead of leaving prison like that is the most ungrateful anyone has ever been to be included yeah. in a jailbreak <laughs> like usually if you show up in the nightmare prison and someone is like oh hey like you're here but we've actually like been digging a tunnel this whole time would you like to come out with us in the tunnel most people do not look the yeah, gift horse the- in the mouth for two more books the way yeah, that Han Solo does. <laughs> Which is weird because he's like a pretty loyal person. And- yeah, like he's pretty, he's pretty yeah. chill. Um, yeah, I mean, no, but no character seems like themselves. Yeah, like everyone's a jerk. And I mean, everyone's a jerk and they're not even good at the kind of stuff yeah. that they're usually good at. Like Leia's supposed to be Miss Diplomacy. That was what Mon Mothma was <laughs> snapping at Luke in a Z formation about in book one. But, like, she is the least helpful in the dealings with the Salonians, yeah. right? She is the most, like, well, I guess this is just what we have to do. Like, we can't be rude. We can't do that. Mara Jade's the one who's yeah, making stuff really happen. The one who's like, you know what? Make a decision within the next hour. Do something. And they're like, oh, we can't do this. We can't do that. We can't do this. Mara Jade's like, have you yeah. tried money? <laughs> Give them some money. You know, she's actually the one yeah. who can make the grease the wheels and get the gears to yeah. turn. And Leia is just constantly just clutching her pearls and be like, oh, oh, Mara, I don't believe that is the way to speak to our allies <laughs> in this situation. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> just like. Yeah. Southern Leia. Can't even. Yeah, like, I don't know why I feel like when Leia becomes useless, she gets a strong, like, <laughs> Southern, Southern Bell accent. Yeah. It but it just me. feels right. It's just like. It's just the accent of passivity, yeah. <laughs> right? Just this like, oh, well, there is nothing we can do on the hot day such as this other than to sit still and hope that the temperature falls before too long. I mean, like. Yeah, it does seem like she and like, she and Han are just sitting on that planet doing nothing for the whole second half of this book. <laughs> for so long, they're just nowhere doing anything. And these books continue to just be dogged by characters talking about making choices yeah. instead of making choices and it was 
Oh, it was so exhausting. Just constantly being like, well, I don't know this and we don't know that. But if we knew this, then we could do that. And if this person does this, then maybe we'll do that. Like, there was once, (laughs) I don't remember which, what it, I think it was after he kidnapped the kids, where one scene ended with Thracken, like, thinking to himself. You get a lot of that. There's no character development, but there's a lot of character inner monologues. Just thinking about, like, well, I could do this. And if I do this, then this will happen. And if I do that, then this will happen. And then it went over to somebody else and did other stuff for a while. And it came back to Thracken. And he was still (laughs) doing that. It was like, we would now return to Thracken thinking. Already in progress. Like, like that is boring. This book was very boring. I have to say. Yeah, and it's a shame because I feel like there were a lot of sort of potentially interesting ingredients in the mix, and I don't know, like, what it was that was diluting it so powerfully. Like, these moments of action were all just incredibly spread out from each other. At the very beginning in the author's note, Roger McBride Allen says, like, one of the grand traditions of a good Star Wars story is that everything happens everywhere at once. And I feel like that belief yes. really stood in the way of the storytelling. Yeah. And if that's what they were here. telling their authors, like, like Lucasfilm or Lucas like, books, then that was please stop. Yeah, because it does seem to be our biggest. Yeah, or, like you know, maybe my my biggest complaint with these books is just like they never take the time <laughs> to sit in the characters, right? Or to and and which is why I think we really like something like the Han Solo trilogy or um, Crystal Star. Right, which like takes its time with its characters and doesn't like pinball around from place to place. That it really like gets to know characters, places, cultures. Right, that it sort of like develops in a much bigger way. Um, and these books do none yeah, of that. And I, and I mean, I was thinking about it. Yeah, I was thinking about it in relation to the movies because I understand they're trying to recapture a lot of the magic of the movies. And I guess, I mean, I guess the movies do have a tendency to sort of like ping around but you don't feel like they are when you're watching a movie because like that's one of the conventions of film right like you're used to there being cuts you're used to scenes changing quickly you're used to like a, a scene not being super long but here where you're alternating perspective on the same event multiple times within a chapter like it took so long just for them to land the two ships on salonia because we were going from Han's perspective to Leia's perspective, back to Han's perspective, where he was thinking about other characters and just like, just yeah. get it through. Just tell us one character's way through this event. And then if there are right, any we'll holes we in. need, you know, circle back. But this this idea, and I understand that it's not actually a right. cut, but still, to, the idea that we have to cut to other characters yeah. just to do it. Just felt like it really, like, stalled any potential momentum. Especially because, like, it's 20 pages in. I know you're not going to kill Han. Like, let's just get him on the planet. Like, there's no need to try to make this a big big moment. But, like, like, the constant... And maybe this is my problem. But, like, I find it really confusing. (laughs) And, like, very hard to... Like, in a film, right, again, like you were saying, like, the conventions of filmmaking, what makes filmmaking unique is the edit, right? Is the cut. And so, like, that narrative form of storytelling makes perfect sense. But when you're reading that, like, translated, and it's not in a script form, like, it doesn't make sense. And I think that's yeah. why, like, I have no idea what the larger plot of this book is, because, like, you would get those little pieces of it from all these different perspectives, and no one was just sort of, like, you know, explaining what was happening in a way that was clear. You're just sort of getting, like, 10, 12 different perspectives, and none of them you don't know, you know, you don't necessarily know if you can trust everybody or if they know what they're talking about. And so, like, by the end, like, I had a sort of general idea of, like, the action of the story. But in terms of the, you know, deeper meaning or significance of, like, anything that was happening, especially the sort of political plots, like, I, again, cannot tell you any of it. Yeah, no, it was just, it was very oddly constructed and. In- it's also weird to have this idea of the Sarconian triad as turning out to be the puppet master villains, like it's a big reveal, when we never confront the Sarconian yeah. triad. And that's turning into a theme in Star Wars literature that I find very frustrating is the protagonists never meeting the antagonists, right. you know? Like, that was true with Thrawn right. as well, that our characters never met up against them. And that happened a good bit in Young Jedi oh, Knights yeah, as well, where, like, Leia never met Nula yeah. or that kind of stuff. I wonder if that's um, sort of, like, a whole 
holdover the from, sort of. like, the films, right, where, you know, Vader, right, and Palpatine especially sort of stay, the sort of, like, idea of, like, a shadowy, you know, man behind the curtain. Right, they're somewhat removed, but at least right, Luke does, does have a final yeah. confrontation with Vader and Palpatine, and in Empire Strikes Back, there is, like, a direct interaction between Vader and Han and Leia, and Vader and Leia butt heads directly in the first movie, so there is, like, yeah. a more, like, personal yeah. also, level, because like, I understand the idea that, you know, the generals of enemy armies probably don't actually, like, get to have a big final confrontation, but that's not what this right. is, right? It's, like, fairy tales and fantasy and the evil wizard should meet up with the good wizards or whoever the heck is yeah. around, right? Like, I just feel like... Yeah. And I mean, the, and then Th- Hans facing off with Thraken at the end where he goes and visits Thraken in prison and he's like, I am so disappointed in your choices. <laughs> and Thraken says, well, I'm not sorry. <laughs> like, what was the point yeah, of well, this? Yeah, well, Thraken was such a waste of, you know, I don't know that would necessarily be, like, super interesting, but at least kind of a fun character yeah like and the identical thing never paid off and i really had hopes that they would do anything with it but it never did and like what is captain thrag's story that guy who's like flying the ship for uh it took me a while to figure out that 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 guy guy. was not also (laughs) thracken i was like who is this is this just thracken i feel like maybe that guy was just like super high or drunk or something when they told him to fly the ship because like when they start to crash he says this is like um oh how the have the mighty fallen oh mighty diktat they have beaten you beaten you completely shot down by children children so young they probably had trouble seeing over the control panel the horrible thing is you might even do it kill him on the spot and why not if there has ever been a man with nothing left to lose you are that man now they have you now diktat sal solo now they have you body and spirit and like when they arrest them that guy's just like laughing hysterically on his way off to jail like who are you and what story are you from like what is going on with you yeah yeah it's like and yeah it just seems like he was throwing new characters in in this you know third act that i already don't care about anybody like let's not yeah, you don't need to bring me, you don't need to bring more guys in here. Especially, like, guys that you're given names yeah, to. Yeah, let's not name Like, them. if you're giving someone a name, let's not yeah, give them let's names. Not give it's it. like, <laughs> what is it, the, the how did this get made with yeah. Al Pacino? Like, I think it was like 88 minutes yeah. or whatever, like, giving first and last names yeah, to every yeah, other like character. Like, don't do yeah, that to me. Time. Yeah, I, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, I think... Unfortunately, and I hope this changes when we get to New Jedi Order and, you know, maybe some of those sort of one-off books um, from this time period that we're reading, but the sort of, like, repetitiveness of the structure of these books is starting to wear wear on us a little bit. I think. It is getting yeah. a little bit. It is getting a little bit tough. Yeah, there's a couple. I have, there's two points in the book where they have not in, people who are ta- thinking about how they're not in love but could be in love. Which is <laughs> That's the how first works. one. <laughs> Lando and Lando and Tindra, um, if they could get together in the same place at the same time long enough to get to know each other, but even if they had not had the time to fall madly passionately in love with each other, the two of them had very definitely made a connection with each other, established a solid bond, something that they could build on someday if the universe gave them a chance. But also, no, and you didn't build a solid later. bond. You met for like twenty seconds. <laughs> no, you had right. coffee. You had like a little bit of chemistry. <laughs> The, the thousands of people are dying yeah, at your just, feet. Like, let's <laughs> concentrate on something else. Let's calm down. But yeah, then later, Lair- Gariel's looking at Luke. She says, she looks to Luke Skywalker, lifting his niece up onto his shoulders, and thought of how good he was with children, and of all things that might have been, but never could be now. Just, it's not what love no. is, or, I mean, again, like, the, the misconnections, but I feel like, I feel like someone, or maybe it's something that Roger McBride Allen feels really strong about personally, is like, there is no such thing as love is first, right. at first sight. You know, there's no such, and so like, he keeps like, couching it as to not that over and over and over again, but treating it like that. Like, you know what? It's right. fiction. Let yeah. it be. You know, if the force can make you magic, 
let there be love at first sight and just deal with that. That would be yeah, easier either. to deal with than the constant we're wasting pages on. Yeah. We're not in love, it. but we're not in love, but maybe we could be in love, but we're not. But I love the idea of falling yeah. in love like with you. Like, how did Lando just... tell little Lando how him and his mom met? But like, oh, we met, and then we like weren't in love, but we thought maybe we could be in love. And then we took some time and thought about it, and we thought about love, and then we were in love. Yeah, it's like, it all worked out great. Like, that's a story that you just... <laughs> it's really convoluted. It doesn't make any sense. And also, like, I still don't know what Tindra was I, doing. She's just sitting... <laughs> and her ship yeah, is called the gentleman caller which is I like i had to put the book i had to put real the book creepy down. it's not nearly as cool as the lady luck <laughs> her, her ship is called the gentleman caller and i'm against it I yeah because uh, yeah. it's too cutesy with like the lady luck and the gentleman caller it's too cutesy and also it's kind creepy. of creepy. It is creepy. Like if a man's ship was named the Gentleman Caller, like that's like what Hugh Hefner yeah. would name his ship. <laughs> it's like she was just like waiting for Lando to come. <laughs> I feel like she was like, "Oh, I heard that your ship is named the Lady Luck," and I tried to find out something oh. that would go with it, like as quickly as I could. And but we're not in love, and we may never be, but we may be. Who knows? <laughs> One day, maybe, but not, but could be, right. but maybe. not, maybe. <laughs> yeah, a lot of baby. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I want next. I just, I want a book where things happen and there's not a lot of sitting around. I don't want, I feel like this book, I feel like this Star Wars book was the most Star Trek of the Star Wars books in a negative way. Because I know I've talked a lot about Star Trek strengths on here as someone who knows yeah. nothing about Star Trek. But also speaking as someone who knows nothing about Star Trek, like the weakness of Star Trek for me has always been like the sort of heavy handed bureaucracy, characters sitting around talking about policy, yeah. the kind of like preachiness about like tolerance and negotiation and etc. And I feel like that was really, um, like, the linchpin of this book was the idea that it, it had to constantly, like, pause yeah, the action to be, to say, like, right. did you get it? Like, do you know right. what's going on? Like, let's work through it. Let's talk about how the Salonians are different than humans. Again, it's like, you know what? I don't care. The Salonians are different and yeah. they're also boring. Like, bring out yeah. some cool people. We need some, I think we need some, like, strong character development. And a little bit of a different structure and plot. And, like, that's not asking for a whole lot, I don't yeah. think. But. No, but I also feel like this should have been a single novel oh, yeah, instead of a trilogy. 100%. I feel like he started with a novel, started with a novel, and then they were like, we need a trilogy. And he's like, well, I could just pad out what I've got with, like, countless useless conversations. Yeah. And, like, go for it. <laughs> do that. Get us three novels. You can't even. Where do we go from here? <sighs> <laughs> I have no idea. What do you? Think I don't know. Do you want to do the Chusa Bakura? Sure, See let's do the Chusa Bakura next. We'll find out what's going so on this, with Gary. So my yeah, so very limited knowledge. I don't think I ever read this one, although I do think I own it, which is strange. Um, or not strange. That actually makes sense. Um, I think this is the one. It was not written first. Obviously, the Thrawn trilogy was. We talked a lot about that, but it is the one that takes place, I think, the closest to Return of the Jedi. Like, like it is the one that takes place okay, immediately I definitely, after I have, Return of the Jedi. I, I haven't read it, but I definitely remember yeah. the cover of it mm -hmm. really well. Yeah, let me see if I can Google the cover of it. It's like an orange, like a brownish orange. I feel like the color palette is actually very similar to the colors for Showdown at Center Point. Yeah, except I don't think there's like a lot of um, green. But yes, it's that like burnt kind of like sun. Um, I don't know it's going to take too long. But anyway, it's like, yeah, it's the one that takes place right after Jedi. Yeah, like the hands shaking. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, um, And I don't know what year it was. Okay, well, I'm interested in it, though, because it's... Uh, yeah, because kind of we like... Uh, so her stories in um i forget which one she wrote now yeah and we've just had like so few um we've had so few yeah. works by women and they've been really consistently our favorites which is not to be gender essentialist about it but it is nice to see like what like a what a woman yeah. author brings to yeah and so. they definitely be the most I'm, unique i'm really interested to see in terms of like we've been reading a lot of very similar types of stories and the ones that have been written by women, A.C. Crispin and, um, and Vonda McIntyre or McIntyre 
um, those stand out as the yeah, most they have different, been, like, you know, stories t- doing something very different. Yeah, they've been structured yeah. very differently. So, yeah. I don't know, I think it's worth going to now. Might as well. Yeah, yeah. we'll do that one next. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right, well, that's where we're going. Yeah. That's where we're going from here. The yeah, true setback We'll try to get on a little, we're thinking of, I don't know if this is good to talk about now, but like, thinking of going to like an every other week schedule. The holidays. Yeah. yeah, at least for a little while. We've got holidays coming up. It's been really hectic. We've been a little bit slow yeah. in putting these out. And so we're going to we're gonna adjust to be every other week, at least for a little while, because that seems like yeah, we'll be able to stick to it. That. And maybe we'll pick back up later. Yeah, maybe you know, not. We'll be here. But we, just, uh, yeah. You know, things happen and life, life happens. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> we're not going anywhere. But yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> We're still around and we're still, yeah, no, and we're not quitters here. Definitely so not. we'll keep, stay subscribed, stay subscribed, get other people to subscribe. Yeah. And we will so we'll see you next back. time for we'll Truth Back Up Again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you would like more information, please check out our website, adolescenceafteralderon.wordpress.com for show notes and info about upcoming episodes. We're also on Twitter, after underscore Alderon. We're on Instagram, Adolescence After Alderon. And if you would like to touch base with us, ask questions, participate in the conversation, you can email us at adolescenceafteralderon at gmail.com. Thanks so much.